The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of loudspeaker networks, its employees, sponsors, or affiliates. This is Loudspeaker. Hey there, I'm your host, Sarah Menares, and you're listening to the We Podcast, where together we find inspiration, encouragement, and growth through stories and real talk. Here we navigate the messy human experience together. We raise our voices and speak our truth. In this space, we value the conversations that broaden our perspective and help us fully understand that we are connected, we are capable of growth, and that we are not alone. Are you ready? Let's get real. You're listening to episode number 105. In this episode, I get to talk with Teresa Campos. Teresa is a spiritual teacher and intuitive. She's also an international speaker, author, spiritual life coach, and astrologer to all of those who are seeking a more fulfilled life. She works with individuals who are here to uplift humanity by living their soul purpose. She helps them awaken their gifts, live from the soul-centered self, and create a life that makes them feel fully alive. We talk about what's going on in the world right now energetically with what Teresa calls a spiritual awakening. We also talk about our shadow selves, connecting with the body, and just so much more amazingness. I've worked with Teresa on a couple of occasions and each time has been so enlightening and just powerful. So I'm really excited for you to hear from her too. Also, she's offering all the Wee Podcast listeners a special promo of 15% off all of her services. So listen to the end of the podcast for more details or find them in the show notes. So here we go. The first time I met you, we were in a Zoom together online and I heard you talk and I was like, I need to know this lady. I need, I, I just felt drawn to you. I felt like you had some wisdom and knowledge that I needed to get from you. So I ended up contacting you and we've met a couple of times. One of those times being you did a birth chart reading for me, which is something that you do. So you're a speaker and an author, a spiritual life coach, and an astrologer. And the birth chart reading, is that what you call it? Am I saying it right? Yeah, it's birth chart readings. Okay. Was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to do it again, actually. So if you're listening, it's it's an awesome thing to do. But you just gave me a whole lot of insight just off of minimal information. Right. Yeah. It's quite fascinating, the um, tool of astrology, because what I consider it to be is our energetic imprint. So it's like a blueprint. While it doesn't pigeonhole us to a particular way of being, it definitely gives us a roadmap to see innately how we have been wired and the opportunities that we can look at this chart and the opportunities that are held in in our destiny versus looking at 
our life in terms of a fate, fated sort of perspective. So astrology is a really powerful tool for transformation. Absolutely. So I would love to know a little of your backstory. So what has brought you to where you are today and, and brought you to doing what you're doing in, in the way that you're helping people? I had been a cosmetologist for a number of for a very, really for over 30 years total. And at one point during my life, my mother was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And it was something that came on very sudden. Like it was just that she was having some really intense stomach pains and she went to the emergency and, you know, long story short, this is the diagnosis. And it was during that time of her going to doctor's appointments and having surgery and such that a friend of mine sent me a book by Deepak Chopra called Quantum Healing. And I actually, you know, my background is that I went to 12 years of Catholic school and after graduating high school, I was nowhere near closer to a spiritual connection to God than I was when I when I began. And it was during that time of my mother's illness and reading that book by Deepak Chopra and another book by Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life, that really began to open up and help me bridge the connection between God's spirit and the physical realm of life. That is what took me on the path that I am on now. And unfortunately, my mother died. She lived six months after diagnosis. Mm. But that was like the, my world cracking, my mother dying at age, I think I was 32. And I, I just knew that there had to be more to life than what I was living and watching how my mother, who took really good care of her health and her body, and then having that happen, it was like, okay, this doesn't all make sense. I want to understand it more deeply. And so that took me down this path of spirituality, astrology, and all of the other Buddhism and all the other things that I have winded my way down the path of, of so many different philosophical views of life. Isn't it so interesting how our pain often leads to our our purpose or our, our learning, you know, that, that pain leading you into needing to know more and seeking more. Absolutely. And one of the things that I began to then tell myself after my mother's passing was that, that my mother not only gave birth to my physical life, but my mother gave birth to my spiritual life. Mm, and beautiful. so then I was able to learn as I progress that life, you know, life has a way of meandering us through different situations, like what you said, like pain or crisis. And that is all part of, you know, the way, the path and learning to understand that has really helped the healing of my mother's passing. I can totally relate to you. I, I was raised very religious and just that confusion. And my feeling was this just doesn't quite match up for me. It seems like there's something <laughs> something missing or something going on here that just doesn't quite resonate for me. Yeah, that was my feeling as well as a as a young girl, you know, first grade in the first introduction to religion, I was totally confused by what I was hearing. And yet when you spend that much time in that type of environment, you become conditioned by it. So there was this constant questioning, and then there was this, and I'm afraid, like, I don't believe it, but yet I'm afraid of it. You know, I'm afraid of like what they've been telling me because that could come true. And you go through all of the acts and the ceremonial rituals 
of whatever particular you know type of um, structured religion that you were raised in. And even though there is that questioning, it still becomes part of who you are. You know, the culture, mm-hmm. the Catholic religion is part of who I am in some way, in some way, you know, today. But I have you know much different views about it. So what would you say that transition was for you? So it's really kind of a a journey, and I know this is true for me too, in going from what you've been taught or what's maybe been kind of indoctrinated into you through your own path of what does fit for you and and what, what you feel to be true at your core. Yeah. I'm going to be 60 years old this year. So I look back at my life and I look at through the, you know, the decades of my development and I see as a young girl, I was raised in this very, you know, just, just a very kind of strict environment when it came to Catholicism. But I also see that was on a bigger picture. It was kind of a setup for me because it really got me to question to question what I was being told and to question God, spirituality, divine, higher power. And in that way, because of just innately how I'm wired, like I want to know, I want to know the answers. And so that kept me on this quest. And there was a time, it was about when I was in my 40s and I was doing some really intense coursework with, with a woman, her name is Carolyn Mace. And I was in Chicago. I'd go to Chicago on these trips. And one day I went into downtown Chicago. And I, while I don't like to be in mass or in church and the ritual itself, I love churches. There's a sense of of comfort for me in a church because I was raised in the church. And I saw a church and I walked in. And while I was in there, mass was going on. And I won't go into the detailed story of it, but what came of that, that was actually a reconciliation and a forgiveness for me because I was really upset with the Catholic Church in the way I felt that I was brainwashed because they weren't my beliefs and I had so many fears and guilts around my life because of the religion. And it was at that moment in the church that I sat there and I heard a voice say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And literally, it makes me emotional right now. And I broke down and I just fell out crying in the pew sitting there and the message was is that we we were only trying to to take care of you we were only trying to show you and so what i learned in that moment that it wasn't about the church it was about the bigger higher connection to spirit and that's what was speaking to me and that was the first time in a catholic environment that i had had that connection and that was so healing for me i I took communion you know i hadn't gone to confession but i was like there's no rules here no there are no rules I'm going to take communion. I'm going to bless myself with holy water. There, there are no rules. That was just the, the limitation of what I was raised in. So today, you know, I definitely believe in a non-denominational experience of, of spirit. And there's so many ways to, to do that. And, you know, my beliefs are constantly changing because what I believe today can change tomorrow in terms of my experience that I'm having today versus what I have tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I feel like we all find our connection, our spiritual connection in different ways. And now I just honor it. And even if it is religion for people, I honor that for them. You know, mm-hmm. that's how they're connecting. Then then right on. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that we can all find what works for us. 
but it is a matter of taking that journey to to sift through is this really i think me and what and what i feel to my core or is this what i have been taught or is is this out of the fear based that that was really a piece of of my journey so i love that i that really resonates i love the no rules right right spirit doesn't have any rules that you have to do it a certain way (laughs) that is uh a relief a huge relief (laughs) yeah yes yes one thing i want to uh talk about with you is i i know i've i've been hearing you know, from a lot of different places and sources, I'm still on this journey. I don't have a deep understanding, which is why I need to work with people like you. And what is happening right now with the shift in our world, with the shift energetically? I know something happened in December, right? So could you kind of walk us through that? Sure. Prior to that great conjunction at the end of 2020, so I can explain exactly what that means, there were configurations that we as astrologers began to see and saw that was coming before 2020. And we knew something big was going to happen. There was going to be a a great crisis. Although for me personally, you know, I don't do predictions, so I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was going to be big. This was something that we had not seen in hundreds of years. These particular planets configuring themselves to where they are aspecting in the sky in a way that they send archetypal stories and messages to to us, the collective. And so here we were, we, the crisis that we hit was, you know, it looked like a, a pandemic. And so we're in this pandemic and we saw that it wasn't really going to end very soon and really hasn't yet. And many people have called it many things. I've heard it being called the Great Reset. And, I, you know, I, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I, I like that. I've heard it called the burning ground. I have been looking at it as a really a, a sort of a spiritual revolution of an awakening. That's kind of what I started calling it was an awakening. And the reason why I refer to it as an awakening is that people that were, it will, well, actually let me back up. It's an op, it was an opportunity, is an opportunity for us to awaken to something new. And, you know, an awakening just as a general term is that we we see something from a new perspective and truly from a symbolic and a metaphoric level and those two those two ways are the ways in which i believe life should be perceived is metaphorically and symbolically because we can see the underlying the underlying messages that we are here to make some really big changes in our culture in our humanity and the evolution of humanity here is what's happening. So as we progress through 2020, you know, so many things have been challenged for us. Our values have been challenged. We were put into isolation and, you know, many people struggled with that isolation and some people flourished with the isolation. We've had to pivot. We've had to find resources in new ways. We've had resources limited. So things have been taken away, stripped away, and then new things to come of that. And, you know, when we're going through any type of change in our life, that's kind of how it comes. It comes in form of crisis. And so the thing about this, it wasn't just country, it was worldwide. So it was humanity and it is humanity. 
So then as we progress through 2020, we come to what they call the Great Conjunction. So from the astrological perspective, what that meant was two planets were going to be in alignment with each other, the closest they had been in something like 500 years. And the planets were Capricorn and Jupiter. And so what they were doing is they were coming together in alignment and both moving into a new astrological sign. And so astronomy didn't attach it to an astrological sign. They attached to the alignment. We have, as astrologers, have attached to both the alignment and the astrological sign. And that's what made this so big. So Capricorn represents structure. Jupiter represents expansion. So we were coming out of this structured Capricorn energy, what we were in, that was all about the patriarch, looking at how our structures have been formed and how they need to be dismantled. Jupiter was showing us how we have need to expand our perspectives, how we have limited our perspectives. So when them sh- that both of those shifting into new signs, which has been Aquarius, and people have heard, oh, the Aquarian age, like this Aquarian energy is about breaking out of the box. It's about us getting out of the old structures and paradigms that we have been in. And we've been seeing those old paradigms and structures and going, oh, that's not working anymore. We can't do policing this way. We can't do, you know, whatever the make the list of it you know how we're taking care or not taking care of our of our children of our of the world of mother earth so the symbolization of these two pieces here this great conjunction was like a a leveling up of us like can we awaken you know this is an awakening to something bigger and what i have noticed with this sarah is that people who were not always open to these different ways of seeing life other than just the five sensory that they're now more open to it than what they ever have. And that's all part of the awakening. Yeah, it is huge. It is huge. It's exciting. And and the the change of how things are going to shift isn't really, we're not going to see it yet. We're, we're part of the change. We are part of making that change. And, Mm. you know, in our, in our brains, in our big little brains, like we want it to be like, Oh, when is this going to be over? Like, no, this is all when, when, when people hundreds of years from now look back, they're going to go, whoa, I wonder what that was like to live in that time right there, you know, because that's where all this transition and this revolution was happening. Just like if we look back at the American Revolution, for example, wow, look what look what came of that. It took a while, like this is going to take a while, but it's happening, you know, it's happening. So we go through those growing pains. We go through mm-hmm. the conflict. We, we see the, the divide, the paradox. Yes, exactly, because we have to see paradox and feel paradox in order to get to that middle way for us. And that's what we're struggling to find is our middle way. Parties divided. Of course, that makes so much sense. Parties divided. Yeah. Yeah. So it it feels so much better when you say it <laughs> like that. <laughs> when it, you know, being <laughs> obviously a participant in 2020 and everything that went on and the, the division and it, it didn't it doesn't feel very good right and and so to be able to know we have to have a paradox i think that's so important in 
being able to trust. Okay. Because sometimes I get so like, oh, I got to do something right now. I got to control this. I got to, you know, and I can really get riled up. (laughs) So so I feel like there's just a lot more peace in knowing this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the beauties of why I use the tool of astrology when I work with clients is that it it helps us to it, it's validation there's some validation here that what's happening is quote unquote supposed to be happening and i use the word supposed to not from an ego language personality perspective but from a soul spirit perspective of yeah like this is all part of the evolution of the soul of humanity and and this is all part of our each each of our individual evolutions and people are reacting differently. Some people are in great fear. I think the majority of people are, have a lot of fear around it. And then there, there's others that are, I think, you know, trusting this process that we're in, which I think is really important to do that. And, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's kind of how we're, how we've had experience, how we have been experienced life. And the other thing here, what I mean by that is that, what this whole time has really done is animated our victim archetype. It has animated our relationship to fear. So if we have had fear in other areas of our life, this has Mm -hmm. amplified that. And it's an opportunity to address fear because fear is control. Fear is the future. Okay. Fear is the future. We're Mm -hmm. in fear of what can happen next. And what we know, and this is what the, what the Buddhist philosophy teaches us, is that life is imper- impermeable. It it's constantly changing. It's constantly changing, and we want it to be fixed, mm. and it never will be. And the more we fight that as a collective, the more we're going to see that stopping us mm-hmm. that we don't get to control. Yeah. Uncertainty mm. is a play. Mm-hmm. Something to embrace for sure. So one of the things I remember you say, talking about the very first time I ever met you is our shadow selves. And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. how this fits into that. Yeah, yeah, great question. Great question. We each have shadows. All of us have our own shadow. And the shadow are the hidden parts of ourselves that we um, cannot see or that we know and that we kind of keep down so that other people can't see them, you know, those, maybe those kind of those funky things that we do or that we think that we don't want other people to know. Our shadow can even be these, the gifts that we have that we're afraid to let people see. So shadow just isn't always dark. It's also light as well, but connecting it to what you're talking about here. So well, we each have a shadow. United States has a shadow. The world has a shadow because they're all also, you know, living entities, right? A culture has a shadow. So what we are seeing, and we're seeing a lot of this, like, for example, and I'm just, there, there's no, I'm not using any political, taking any pol- political side when I say that, but this just popped in my mind. For example, the insurrection, that was part mm-hmm. of America's shadow. You know, so these different events that happen, this is all shadow. We just had a big, big thing with George Floyd and all of that. That's all part of shadow coming up. So necessary for us to see what's wrong so we can see how to make different changes in our life. Just like humanity 
is no different than each of us as individual. It's just on a bigger mm. level, right? So how you go through transformation and struggle, how I go through that, it's the same thing. And that's what's happening is we are seeing our shadow. And some people can say, oh, well, I don't believe that way. I don't think that way. But we're we're all a reflection of what we mm-hmm. see. And therefore, it's important for us to own that. Maybe my shadow doesn't look exactly like that. But believe me, I have shadow that looks other ways. And so there's no measure. We don't want to measure that as like, oh, that shadow is worse than this shadow, shadow, shadow. Mm-hmm. Or even just admitting we have shadow. It, Absolutely. <laughs> because I think a lot of people yeah. don't want to even admit they have a shadow. So that's probably Absolutely. the first step, right? It's- <laughs> Yeah, that's like a perfect first step. That was a good one, Sarah. I love that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have it. I don't may not know what it is, but I have yeah, Exactly. <laughs> it's there. And it, I love it. Yeah, I know. It, I'm sure the more we lean into it, the more aware we become of it. This episode is brought to you by Carrie Imhoff with Edge Mortgage Inc. Carrie is a mortgage broker serving clients in Northern Colorado. Not only is Carrie knowledgeable about mortgages, but she also truly cares about her clients and fights to get them the very best deal possible. I know that this is true as my husband and I have worked with Carrie multiple times with mortgages, refinances, and on our investment properties. Every experience that we've had working with Carrie has been absolutely excellent. Saving her clients money and making sure their process is smooth and enjoyable are definitely her top priorities. She can help you with refinancing your home and with the purchase of your dream home. If you want a mortgage lender who will take the time to find the very best scenario for you, give Carrie with Edge Mortgage Inc. a call. Find her at www.edgemortgageinc.com and follow her on Facebook or Instagram. You'll be so happy that you did. You're listening to a podcast on the Loudspeaker Network. To find other podcasts and unique programming, visit www.loudspeaker.fm. Loudspeaker, diverse voices, unique sound. Feminist Hot Dog is back with a new season packed with awesome interviews with icons, artists, innovators, authors, and lots of surprises. Whether you consider yourself a hardcore feminist or you're feeling feminist curious, tune in Wednesday nights at 8 Mountain and get all the information and inspiration you need to live your best feminist life. Listen Wednesdays on Loudspeaker and Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, love yourself and love your buns. What do you think is the goal with the shadow? Are we meant to really, I I mean, what are we supposed to do with it? Mm, Great question. So the first thing is that we want to be able to acknowledge it. So we want to have awareness that it's there. Because when we bring it into awareness, we've actually brought it out of the dark and into the light. 
And so depending on what that is that we've brought to the light, we can then begin to work with it. For example, we and I, again, I'm, I've done these, these, these examples are just popping in my head with what we saw with the George Floyd piece. Mm-hmm. That was on tape. Everybody saw it. The world saw it. That was shadow brought to light. And then something was done about it. Mm. That's how that process works. Or we can continue to stuff it down. And actually, that's what we've done. We've been stuffing a lot of things down. For example, another example is when the Me Too movement arose again in the in 2018. That was shadow coming out when these women, these women in Hollywood finally said, you know what, this blah, 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 blah. And that was them actually liberating themselves, liberating themselves from their shadow, mm-hmm. holding that secret. And then the whole Harvey Weinstein, right? And that whole thing and the accountability and then and then the shadow dissipates, right? Now that it's been exposed, it's harder to keep that shadow under the cover in the closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is why vulnerability, it seems like is so important then when it comes to our shadows. Absolutely, because sometimes... On a personal level for us, there is shame in admitting our shadow. Mm -hmm. And and that's not a shame as in shame on you, but it's like we we feel that shame because it's like, wow, I had no idea I was doing that. I I feel bad. I'm embarrassed. You know, whatever the the conversation is with yourself. And that's humility right there. That's vulnerability right there. And that's important. That's that's medicine. That's great medicine and healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about, I'm going to switch us a little bit because I know you talk a lot about archetypes and that's something I don't have a very good understanding around, but you said that there are particular archetypal themes that we're dealing with, with our personal lives that are being challenged so that we can step into our power. And I would love to hear you speak to that. Yeah. So for just briefly, for those people who do not know what an archetype is, an archetype is their universal patterns of energy. And so like when you say a particular archetype, for example, mother, the archetype of mother, we all have an idea of what that archetype is. And, you know, depending on our own personal story, it it can be different from person to person. But as a universal pattern, we all know what mother is right? And we can say about father. And then another one, for example, is like the, the archetype of the queen. If someone says, oh, she's a queen, like we don't need to say much more. We kind of know what that is. And so whether it is a queen in its benevolence, you know, like for example, I don't know, well, the woman, who is the Wizard of Oz, the good, the good, oh, the good Glinda? witch. Glinda, is it Glinda, the good witch? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if she's necessarily queen, but it's that type yeah. of an energy. We have that, and then we can think of a more malefic queen. So with this archetypal themes that I was referring to, the biggest one is what I mentioned earlier, is that the archetype of the victim archetype. And the yeah, and the victim archetype is a very powerful archetype. And I, I speak about it a lot because it's so insidious and because when we can address this victim archetype within ourselves we will transform everything in our lives. And sometimes I'll hear people say, well, oh, I'm never a victim. And and I know that's not true because we all are. We all experience that in some way. And for example, when we feel at the effect of something, we are in victim of it. Hmm. 
and we are we are feeling the effect of what's happening. And so each individual person is dealing with that differently. Are they at the effect of it in terms of in a negative way, in a way they're feeling oppressed, the way they're feeling, I can't do this. And sure, we're all feeling it, but do we feel like a victim in that? Does that make mm-hmm. sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a really big thing. And the other side of the victim archetype is the victor. And that's the energy that we want to move into. We don't want to be in this dynamic of victim victimizing because that's what we'll do. And the victim archetype is here to help us to see boundaries. Because if we don't have the right boundaries in place for ourselves and for others, we will cross them and our boundaries will feel crossed. So this is a really, what I mean powerful, being able to see the victim archetype is what helps us to see how boundaries are being crossed. It's help, it helps us to keep boundaries in place and it helps that so that we don't cross other people's boundaries because if we're crossing other people's boundaries intentionally or even unintentionally we're, we're victimizing them and then we become the victimizer so it's yeah it's a pretty complex complex archetype for us it really is i i just really had an aha moment because i have things that really get to me like i can really feel them at my core for example, the George Floyd of what happened. And I I think that it makes sense that when I allow it to completely take me over, then I'm being a victim to that. So yes, and though I want to add to that is that what it does is it animates our own victim. Okay, so like, I, I hear you. And so like when I watched the verdict and I heard the verdict, I got emotional because it was my compassion for that, right? And my victim was was animated, but I wasn't being a victim, but I was feeling that in my body. Does mm-hmm. it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there's a difference because, you know, we can get a, I use this example sometimes, we can be driving down the street and then we accidentally you know, go through a red light or something like that. And we get caught, we get pulled over. There's no accident on that, but we get pulled over. And initially we can feel like victimized by that, right? Because, oh, now I'm going to get a ticket. But then the thing is the point of that victim coming up in our, that energy coming up in our body, we have a choice on whether to be at the effect of it or just to just to own it and say, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm being victimized, but I'm not being a victim about it. There's a difference mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what you said, that example that you gave was really great because then what people who aren't self-aware enough, they can take that energy and that's where the rioting begins to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to victimize now. My victim has been totally animated. I so mm-hmm. get it. But if we're so unconscious and, and not awake, we're going to act out in a reactionary way that is not a healthy way. Yeah. So how do we become more aware and awake mm-hmm. about these things? Yeah, that's a really broad question to answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it is about wanting to know yourself. It, it is about wanting to get into looking more deeply at who you are and who you are not. And it's it's introspection work. That's that's what it takes going inward. And either, you know, you get help, you read a book, 
or something. I mean, it's like people like you and I who do this kind of work, right? Like that's, we're here to help people do that. Mm-hmm. And that's where it begins is I want to, I want to know myself, know thyself. And, and that takes courage, I think. Uh, Agree. To be able to dive in. Because it's, it goes a- back to that shadow piece. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. I remember when I first started doing my work, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I do that. Oh, Ooh, do I want Dang to go it. further in? Yeah. It's it, it's a beautiful thing, though. I mean, lots of courage, but so amazing. Absolutely. So I know that you talk a bit about disease in the body, about how the presence of fear in our culture or world, how it relates to suffering and disease in our body. Can you speak to that? Actually, that's where my work began, right? Going back to the story of my mother and my mother having ovarian cancer and being really healthy. And that's where I started looking at what's the connection with like, not necessarily literally why she got it, but like, how can these kinds of things happen in people's lives? What I discovered, of course, I started studying the chakra system, which is the energy system of the body. And what I learned through what I've studied, and then even just in my own personal experiences is that you know, when we are out of alignment with living our true nature, we are incongruent. And that incongruency causes the imbalances in our body. And eventually, if our mind and our spirit can no longer hold those incongruencies, it will manifest in a physical form. And that's where we end up getting diseases. And that's where we end up getting, oh, now I have arthritis. Oh, now this hurts. And it doesn't make you wrong. It's not about us being wrong because we all have stories. And some of our stories have taken a toll on our lives. And and then it shows up in our body. I had a friend of mine who had to get a hip replacement. And she was struggling with the fact that she was having to give in to get that hip replacement because she felt like, why can't I heal it on my own? kind of mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. my res- yeah, and my response to her was, you know, first of all, lighten up on yourself, you know, in your body. And um, just think about that hip is the old story that you are moving from your body and you're going to get a replacement. So you're going to get an opportunity to have a new. And how beautiful is that? And that totally shifted everything for her. Mm-hmm. And so the body connection, spirit connection, I mean, it's they're so connected, right? I mean, I think everybody, all your listeners know that, but it's important that we really take this to heart in a different way because we like that that great conjunction that we spoke about earlier. This is mm-hmm. all part of the loving, leveling up of that us recognizing you that we are spiritual beings. And in that fact that we are spiritual beings, we are being asked now to incorporate incorporate that and live by that in a bigger way to live a spiritual life. And this isn't religion. I know you know that. I just want to say that for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Right? But this is the connection. To so powerful, mm-hmm. very powerful stuff to know is that mind-body connection and how that relates. Yeah. And that's a little bit, I, I did a session with you about connecting to the body. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me, you know, as a therapist and also having my own trauma, right? How trauma or things that we have experienced as children or or maybe even as adults, yeah, cause us to disconnect from our body as a coping skill. 
And the more disconnected we are from our body, though, the more, well, I guess disease is the way you're saying it, is invited in, right? Right. And Louise Hay put it as dis, D-I-S hyphen ease. So there's a dis-ease in the body. And so if we look at it from that instead of look, because our head goes to disease as into oh my God, cancer or, you know, something like so tragic. No, there's a dis-ease in the body. Oh, my belly, I have an upset stomach. That's a dis-ease. There's something mm-hmm. not at ease in your body. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. What you said is very, is is accurate. And she has a book, right, where you can look up, this is the issue that I'm having and it will tell you maybe what yes. you're dealing with emotionally that that's causing that physical. Yes. Is that what it, it is? It's the book is called You Can he- Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And that book does have in the back an index to look things up. And it, it's a good entry. Those we don't want to like go, oh, this is the Bible, but we want to say that's a good entry into going deeper. And that's how I use that in the beginning. At first, it was like, oh, I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on with my thumb or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. You know, just <laughs> and, but, but it was a good entry into going deeper of how I, at what was going on in my life and how I was internalizing things. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good reference. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very interesting. I did. I, I was reading a book. It's called The Body is Not an Apology. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. It's very good. Sonia Renee Taylor writes it. But she tells a story in in the book about how a woman was so disconnected from her body. And a, a lot of us, I think, are, right? Like we we function as mind and mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> There is no body peace. And I could really relate when she was telling this story of this woman who then she did end up getting sick and it forced her to come into her body. It forced her to see herself as a whole being. And when I was listening to that, I was thinking, I don't want to get to a place where I have to deal with an illness or, you know, something serious happening in order to incorporate my body into who I am. Yeah, exactly. I love that. That's beautiful. Uh, You know, the other thing, just to add to that body piece, Sarah, is that as small children, even infants, we unwittingly were taught that our body wasn't a safe place to be. So discomfort makes us shut off from our body when we're in pain. So imagine like being a small little child and, you know, something traumatic happens in your life. You got hurt and trauma is a little kid getting hurt, you know, Mm. just falling because they're screaming, crying. And what we're saying is the body, ooh, I feel pain. The body hurts. Well, who wants to feel pain? And so let me not be in the body. We disconnect from the body. If we've been abused will disconnect. That's that's how we're able to cope, is escaping that. And so we're trying to get ourselves, many of us, I'm going to say the younger generations, it's kind of a little bit of a different experience what's happening with them in the body. But for many of us, it is about like, we got to get back in our bodies. We got to feel a place to be. Mm-hmm. Got to get back in the body. I'm going to write that on a sticky note. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget that one. (laughs) 
Yes, it's hard. It's hard for me. I, I'll say it's been hard for me. It's been good, but definitely a place I've really intently had to focus. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. You're not alone. I mean, these are the conversations I have often, often mm-hmm. with my clients about, you know, helping them to get in, to be in the body. Because when we're not in the body, we don't know what we feel. Yes. So what are some ways people get back into their body? Yeah. So one of the one of the most basic ways that I'll share with people about getting back into their body is, you know, it, it is about being present. And and I want to say that it it is, I don't believe it's possible to be present 24-7 as as human beings. I, I don't know that, that 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 is. And so we shouldn't hold ourselves to that standard. But connecting with our bodies, sometimes just lying on the on the carpet or on our floor and just breathing. And what am I feeling? Oh, I can feel my hands. I can feel my chest. I can feel the, my breath going up and down in my chest. You know, putting ourselves in a, a tactile way, even in a bathtub, lying in a bathtub and just having stillness. So stillness is really important when it comes to being in the body. And then if we feel triggered, if something happens, like this is a tool for being triggered and we're in reactivity and we want to escape, like, remember, bring yourself present. I'm going to feel what I'm feeling. Don't escape the feeling. Be in the feeling, the discomfort of the feeling. That's being Mm -hmm. in the body. Start training Mm -hmm. ourselves that way is really powerful. Training ourselves not to run away or shut down. Yeah. And even just Mm -hmm. saying, oh, what's going on right now? What am I feeling right now? And then telling ourselves that we're safe. That's a big one. It's okay. You're safe. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. it's, It's such important work. Yes. It is. What do you feel in your journey has been the most vital to your growth? Asking the question why. And I ask that question why not so that I can, not to even get an answer that's solid, but just to keep diving deeper. But why? But why? You know, it's, it's kind of a, of a, a continuum of asking that question. Hmm. So being yeah. curious with life. And walking away from this episode, what do you want to make sure that people know? I think that I would want people to know, walking away from this episode, that there is a purpose to what's happening right now. There is. There is a greater purpose here. And I don't say that just because, just throwing words out. That There is. We all signed up for this. It's like our soul and our spirit has signed up to be here at this time right now to help move humanity's evolution forward. So we have an important role in it, is oh, what it sounds like. Said. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. That's a beautiful shift mm-hmm. in in perspective of, you, you know, being we can get totally sucked into the chaos and the fear and all of those things, knowing this is happening for a purpose. And I, I have a role in this. I have a part that I can play that can positively impact what's happening and and what's going on around us. Correct. We do. And we all have a part to play. Yeah. And that's, that's all part of, because we're all part of the greater whole, you know, we're all pieces of the uh, cogs on the wheel. So we're all important. All right, Teresa, how can people find you so they can get some more of your goodness? Oh, thank you, Sarah. 
so they can find me on my website and I have an opportunity there for people to sign up for my newsletter and just to take a look around. I've got a lot of stuff on there and it's mm-hmm. TeresaCampos.com and it's Teresa with no H. Mm-hmm. Find me there. Yeah. And they can find me on Amazon. I have a book called Braving the Cell. And then do you do much on social media? I am yeah. on social media. So I'm on, of course, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Do you have a preference of which one you like better? Um, I like Facebook better. Mm-hmm. I do. I tend to be more. Yeah. That, that team seems to be more my audience, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I like it better too. Yeah. Trying with the Instagram, but it's just. <laughs> yeah. I post, but I just post. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this. This has been so enlightening and helpful. I I think and and hopeful too. It just feels hopeful. Oh, it feels great. yeah. Yeah, so thank you for taking the time to be here and talk to us about this today. Thanks for listening to the We Podcast. I absolutely love this conversation with Teresa. Her wisdom and insights are just so powerful. If you'd like to have an astrology reading or any other service with Teresa, she's offering a 15% discount only to the We Podcast listeners. So send her an email at Teresa at TeresaCampos.com. Again, that's Teresa without an H. And tell her you'd like to use your life's design discount code from the WE podcast. I promise that you will be blown away. I loved my birth chart reading so much and look forward to doing it again really soon. As always, I would love to hear about your thoughts, takeaways, or favorite moments from this episode. Post this episode on your social media with your biggest ahas and make sure to tag me so I can see and interact and it will also enter you into a giveaway, which is super exciting. This show is produced by Loudspeaker Networks. Also credit to my talented daughter for creating my show music. You can find more of the WE podcast as well as many other awesome things on the network at loudspeaker.fm. If you heard something that touched you, don't forget to leave us a review or share it with your friends. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, show up for the hard conversations, choose growth, and always know that you are not on this journey alone. See you next time. This has been a production of Loudspeaker Networks. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.fm.